I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Chris Wallace, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, April 3rd, 2020. I'm Trey Yanks. Millions of people around the world have lost their jobs in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak. And now, the basic survival need of shelter is being threatened for many. Housing is one of the fundamental pillars of health, having a safe place to live. And not only psychologically, but physically. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Every country is approaching the issue of housing differently when it comes to the coronavirus outbreak. As you follow the latest developments, you'll hear a lot of speculation, a lot of fear, and a lot of guessing. Today, though, we'll go over the facts, the news that you need to know. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the virus and hear from the Housing and Urban Development Secretary, Dr. Ben Carson, about what the Trump administration is doing to keep Americans from getting evicted. First overseas in Italy, a peak in new cases has been reached, though the virus continues to kill hundreds each day. With an understanding of how this event is impacting Italy's economy, the government is taking action. Italians who are self-employed or doing freelance work can have mortgages suspended for up to 18 months. On the business front, shop owners can also apply for a tax credit that covers 60% of their rent. In the United Kingdom, Prime Minister Boris Johnson pushed forward legislation to protect renters from eviction for the next three months. To help landlords, mortgages for those who have properties with financially insecure tenants will be given a grace period to fulfill their payments. The British pound fell Friday as the economy braces for continued high unemployment numbers. In Spain, the government is being even more generous, not allowing evictions for up to six months after the country's state of emergency ends. Spain is the world's second worst-hit country behind the United States. Americans will see a variety of different scenarios when it comes to rent and mortgages. With federal and state governments providing support, the search for assistance can get confusing for some. So what is the Trump administration doing to help? Well, one thing that everybody needs to recognize is that this is uh, temporary. And this too will pass. This is Housing and Urban Development Secretary, Dr. Ben Carson. We have to make sure that all the infrastructures and the small businesses and things survive this so that we don't have to start all over when it's all done. So, you know, $2 billion is going out immediately to assist states, communities, nonprofits uh, in, in areas where people have been affected by COVID-19. A billion dollars is going out virtually immediately uh, for homelessness programs. And uh, almost $64 million going out for people with uh, compromised immune systems. And, you know, in addition to that, you know, we've opened the emergency funding streams um, that existed already, repurposed them, um, and provided relief for uh, single-family mortgage borrowers that are backed by FHA, uh, issued uh, a multitude of uh, guidances for the multifamily uh, uh, entities throughout the country and public housing entities uh, to make sure that people knew what to do ahead of time. And this is particularly the case in those who are dealing with the homeless populations because uh, you need to have a plan in place because panic sets in if you don't once one of the people contracts a disease because of the potential for rapid spread. 
you spent much of your life as one of the top surgeons in the United States. You have a unique perspective on this, dealing with housing and the medical side of this virus spread. What's the connection between the need for housing and the need to stay safe and healthy amid a virus outbreak like this? Well, you know, housing is one of the fundamental pillars of health, having a safe place to live. And not only psychologically, but physically uh, having a safe place to live. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I've put such a strong emphasis on solving the homelessness problem uh, in our country because there are people who don't have homes. When we say shelter in place, they don't have a place to shelter in place. And that not only puts them at risk, but it puts the entire society at risk. Did you look at the rest of the world when you were coming up with the plan to help American tenants and those who have mortgages? We're seeing a lot of different countries in Europe taking a variety of approaches. So did you look at some of these countries like Spain and Italy that got hit before the United States for inspiration or ideas for your plan? Yes. Uh, well, well, we're constantly monitoring what's going on in, in other places. Uh, because if you can learn from something else, you don't have to make uh, a particular mistake. But uh, we've done uh, quite a bit, as you probably know, uh, uh, to deal with uh, single-family homeowners, uh, and, you know, the moratorium on foreclosures and evictions, uh, you know, providing things like uh, partial claims so that the person is having difficulty uh, meeting those payments, part of the forbearance. Uh, is for the services to to make a separate uh, sub mortgage and to tack that onto the end of the regular mortgage with zero interest. Uh, and those are the kinds of things I think that are really quite creative and that uh, will really help to mitigate the situation. The United States now has the highest number of infections across the world, and. The American economy, much like other economies, is taking a, a huge loss right now. What should Americans do come May 1st if they don't have the money that they need to pay rent? Uh, if they see themselves coming upon a problem, and I can't em emphasize it enough, call your bank, call your servicer, call, call whoever made that loan to you, because there is money in the CARES Act to take care of the services, but you have to contact them. It doesn't automatically extend from the servicer to the borrower. And going back to your role in all of this, we talk about your experience as a doctor and as a surgeon, and looking at housing from a larger perspective, I imagine the president has relied on you for guidance in how to approach this entire outbreak. I mean, what has the president said to you behind the scenes when it comes to seeking advice or asking for your opinion on how to approach this, not only from the housing perspective, but also the medical perspective? Well, you know, one of the, the great things about the president is that, you know, he listens to, to everybody and he listens to all of the perspectives and because, you know, he has to make good decisions. And, you know, you have people on the task force who are, like, totally 100% let's do the science 
and let's make sure we have all the scientific data here. And then you have people on the other side, on the economic side, who say, but if we do all that and the infrastructure of our uh, financial systems is destroyed, uh, people will die also. He has to take all of these things and integrate them together. So, uh, yeah, we talk about, you know, the, the medicine we talk about, the housing we talk about, particularly the people. He's very concerned about those people who always get forgotten. You know, whenever something comes up, there's a group of people, he calls them the forgotten Americans. And, and we need to always keep them in mind. You've been listening to Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson. We'll be right back. And you mentioned before the homeless population in the United States and how this is a particularly vulnerable group of people. Are you looking at any sort of creative answers to this problem when it comes to ensuring that people do have a place to shelter in place? One idea that has been sort of tossed around in the international community would be something that could help the cruise line industry and also the American people who are looking for housing, which would be to have the government actually use some of these cruise ships that aren't going to be in operation as basically temporary shelters. Is this something you're exploring? Uh, yeah, we have been in contact with the cruise lines, uh, and that uh, is progressing. That's just, that's just one of the, the many things. But what I'm really looking to do, you know, there's a silver lining on everything. and. You know, I just think it's ridiculous that we have the homelessness problem that we have in this country. And I see this as perhaps an opportunity uh, to really solve that problem on a permanent basis. You know, a lot of the places that have the largest number of homeless people, you know, have just, you know, a one-size-fits-all philosophy. And that is housing first and permanent supportive housing. And they don't look at the acute and the subacute level. You know, you have people who are losing their housing every single day. You can't have them waiting for five years for for you to build them, you know, a permanent place to live. We have to have transitional housing and emergency shelters uh, and, and along with permanent supportive housing. And when we do these things, we have to be looking at getting people out of dependency. How do you find the balance between the landlords and the tenants across the United States? When you put a freeze on evictions and implement some of these new guidelines to help tenants, there are landlords who are depending on that income to ensure that they can continue operating. So how do you find this balance to ensure that you're protecting everyone that is part of this cycle? because we also, uh, in the CARES Act, have uh, put in money to be able to take care of those landlords because we know they have obligations also. And we know that the banks to which they have obligations have obligations also. So, you know, it's it's really a broad spectrum uh, aid program, recognizing that what we have to do is provide a bridge. We have to bridge the gap to get us from where we are to where we want to be. And we know we will get there. We know that this will be over. So we have to keep all of those people whole to the point that they can get back in the game quickly once this is over. 
And finally, as a cabinet secretary, a doctor, and an American, what would you say to the American people about the coronavirus outbreak? And what assurances can you provide those Americans who are going to bed each night not sure what tomorrow is going to bring? I would say this is America. We are creative, we are innovative, and we are incredibly strong. You know, when I look at the people in the task force, how hard they work. When I look at our first responders, when we look at our, our medical people who are putting themselves out there, t risking their lives. You know, one of my former colleagues, pediatric neurosurgeon, died last week from the coronavirus. I mean, it can affect all of us, but people are willing to get out there. And we're not just going to throw our hands up and submit to this. We're going to defeat this. And when we do, we will have learned some things that will make us even stronger. Dr. Ben Carson, the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Dr. Carson, thank you for your time. A pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.